This podcast is part of the Everyday Heroes Podcast Network, the network for first responders and those who support them. Hey, how are you? How's it going, Dan? Good to see you. Great. How are you, David? I'm doing awesome. Yeah. So I'm really happy to have you on. Just give me a minute. I'm going to go into my little notes here. Black Rifle Coffee Company, huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) Love those guys, but I'm on a different mission. Similar, but different. Yeah. I just had to say it. Yeah, I love it, dude. It's going to change for them. I was going to say that I think anytime you go public, you risk having a board of directors that can change your mission and how you say it. I hope that those guys are smart enough to think that one through, but we'll see. So what's the name of your coffee company? Filthy Pirate Coffee. Filthy Pirate Coffee. How'd you come up with that name? It was kind of given to me during a uh, law enforcement operation. All right. How many years did you put in law enforcement? Four years in the U.S. Marine Corps and almost 21 years in uh, law enforcement here in Tucson, Arizona. Thank you very much for your service, brother. Thank I appreciate you. everything that you represent and everything that you've done for this country. I just want to get that out of the way <laughs> and just say thank you very much. Let's go into your law enforcement career. You got out of the military. Was it Marines, you said? Yes. Mm-hmm. And then what happened from there? To Just tell us the story. My wife was going to the University of Arizona. We weren't married at the time, but we were going to get married within, uh, I think, a year or two of me getting out of the Marine Corps. You know, I went to trade school before the Marine Corps for automotive stuff. So when I got out, it was easy to fall back into that to get a paycheck and make sure that, you know, we've got the lights turned on and the water's paid for and all that. But I wasn't happy, man. Well, automotive industry was different here in the Southwest than it was where I grew up by the Great Lakes. And so I thought it was a little corrupt for me. It seemed like a lot of places that I went to that I was working with or working around in automotive was get the customer in the door, run them over, take all their money from them as much as you can and kick them out the door. We don't care if they come back again. That's what it felt like to me. And my moral compass just wasn't cool with that. I mean, it boiled down to one in particular incident where a good client I had done work on his car for over a year. He was a dentist. What I recommended for work was not estimate that I got back from the manager. And it was about $1,200 difference. And I said, we've already replaced some of this stuff. If he looks into this, this is going to be a huge problem. My name is on this ticket. My name is on this work. And anyway, it was do the work or get or leave, quit, get fired. And I was like, well, okay, I quit. So I came home and my wife's like, what did you do? And I said, I stood my ground. I didn't think it was right. I didn't believe that any of that was right. I called that dentist too. And I said, don't go back there. And this is why I'm quitting. That guy was forever grateful to me that he had the money. He was wealthy in a sense, but it wasn't right no matter what. And so I sat there for, I don't know, about a month trying to figure out, okay, what do you want to do? And she's like, my heart's in service. I loved the uniform, you know, in the Marine Corps, I want to try something different. Law enforcement has always attracted me. My neighbor was a cop. So he said, Hey man, I just got hired on. I've been there two years, come for a ride along. This was 98, 99, I think timeframe went on a ride along and freaking loved it. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. And immediately went and applied and tested and got hired on and became a cop. And the rest was history until last November when I retired. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. 
And when did you start the uh, coffee company? 2018, I hit burnout real bad. Law enforcement had changed quite a bit here locally in Tucson. It had changed a little bit nationally after Ferguson. 2018 was a deadly year. Um, I think that was the year of the Dallas execution. I think so. 2017 through 2018, 2016 through 2018 was brutal. There were some very big highlighted cases. There was the ambush of the two NYPD officers sitting in the van, the male and the female officer, I think it was. She was just executed right in the car. You know, the country was in turmoil. Law enforcement needed improvement. It needed changes. It needed things, but it didn't need it at that kind of way and vice versa. And so just hit burnout. I felt disconnected from humanity. I felt my soul was just ripped out of me. I hated everyone and everything. And I was like, man, I just can't live like this and needed a hobby. So sitting around thinking, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to engage with people again. I want to put a smile on someone's face. Honestly, the first thought was alcohol, whiskey. I wanted my own cool whiskey. And then um, I realized, well, number one, there's a lot of red tape with that, a lot of state and federal laws and bureaucracy stuff. And I was in way over my head. I didn't know anything about running a business. I was just a normal everyday cop at this point. I had no (laughs) business education. I had no business doing business, put it that way at that time. And so the other part of that was I had a big conflict with someone getting killed with a bottle of filthy pirate whiskey on the floorboard of a car at a fatality or something like that. I wanted no part of that. Hey, nothing against the big companies that do that. I just couldn't live with that. And so, you know, just kind of sitting there and I was drinking coffee and smoking a cigar with my friend and we were like talking and batting around ideas. And I was like, it's coffee, you know, and I love coffee and I'm tired of drinking burnt, nasty, acidic coffee, which is what I was drinking a lot of. So I was like, man, I bet you there's a way to do this low acid coffee. And I started researching it and figuring out how to roast and figuring out how to do this stuff again, way in over my head, but we took it piece by piece and it was a great hobby. It lasted for about 24 months as a hobby. And then last year, Minneapolis hits and we're doing good as a business in the sense of we're growing. It's fun. It's we're, we're past the hobby phase. We're almost into a full business. We didn't have a storefront yet. So my wife is like, this is bad. This is really bad nationwide. And you've got enough time on. You've been through numerous shootings, lots of different stuff. Maybe it's time that we just focus on family. And I was like, you know, I signed on and I was willing to take the risk of death and lawsuits and all of that stuff. But it changed when they start attacking families of the officers and start smearing them in the news and all of that. I just didn't feel that was right to my family. They didn't do anything wrong. They're not racist. They didn't do anything, you know. Doxing people because of what they do for a living. Yep. Right. And my daughter was already starting to feel it. She'd come home and say, Dad, all my friends are talking so much smack on Instagram about cops. And there's a lot of them know you. my dad's a cop. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I wish... I go, just, I'd say, you know, I try to turn everything into a learning lesson. I try to teach my kids, don't go off half cocked without facts and without understanding and without, and trashing doesn't change anything. Trashing just makes it worse. You know, try to have some answers and solutions. So I used it as a learning moment for the kids, but we got to the point where my wife was like, it's time. And I said, okay, I want to do another five years. I just don't think I can mentally and physically. And so we made the choice to retire in November. We opened our store in September before that. So I was kind of doing, we were juggling a lot and blessed and lucky. Store's doing great. We're having fun. You know, we've expanded and done a lot of stuff. It's a physical store? It is a brick and mortar. Yep. 
uh, one location right now? We are in one location and we're starting to do more business to business with cafes and other retail stores and supplying them coffee or our coffee in retail. So your online presence is how big is it? Our Facebook is about 33, 34,000. We've been doing a lot on a shift in the last six months with our podcast. The podcast that we do is called Talking Filthy Police Podcast. And our goal entirely, it is connected to the business and it catches you like talking filthy. Oh my God, is that porno? What is that? You know, uh-huh. it catches people. It's a great but, name. <laughs> what we wanted to do is be brutally honest about what cops are going through and what they experience and how we can work through it. And what I found was as I was getting close to retirement and after retirement, I was like, Hey, did you know this group does this? And this organization has this, and you can go here for free and they'll send you. I'm like, why didn't anyone tell any of these cops? Like maybe I would have been better off in my career had these resources been more prevalent. A friend of mine who helps me co-host it, who's also retired and also is real deep into the mental health, the law enforcement stuff. We just said, you know, Hey, we're going to make a conduit of information. These people that do all these things, we're just going to interview them and we're going to put it out there. And, you know, if the police first responders, even military, anybody in that realm that serves and, you know, has a hard time and has struggles or wants to be better or wants to sustain longevity in their career, let's be the telephone book for that. And so I did my first episode and it was really, I didn't know what to do with a podcast. I had no idea. I didn't know anything about the technology. I didn't know any, again, and way over my head, you see in a pattern here, right? You know. <laughs> and then I did a podcast with another cop and we were just talking and we were talking about anxiety and how anxiety, we're both Marines. We both seen a lot of stuff, both been in shootings and these high stress things, but why was anxiety taking over our lives and causing so much stuff? And so we decided to talk about it and it blew up. We got all these messages and emails. Thank you. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to describe it. And so we felt like we were making a difference. And um, And Dan, I got to tell you a very, very quick story. I remember having a foot pursuit with uh, somebody after a car stop. And um, like for the next couple of weeks, I'd walk up to a car. It could just be a regular car stop and my legs would be shaking. And uh, I knew exactly what it was. I knew that it was a little bit of post-traumatic stress. And I was just like, all right, I just got to get through this. Like I'd laugh at myself, but like I'd be trembling, like shaking because like my body was ready for another foot pursuit. It was ready for like another chase, you know, and like it could be a regular stop. And I did a lot of traffic stops, you know, and I just remember that feeling and hating that feeling. Yeah. For me, it's looking into windows. I had two shootings, both transpired from outside to inside structure with people shooting at me with a gun battle, basically up close and personal. And so I just had a hell of a time. Anytime I got near a window, I didn't know it at the time. And it was funny because I was a SWAT operator and I was a SWAT team leader. And all you do is pass by windows all the time. And I think that just wreaked havoc on me for a long time. And you try to, you know, Hey, I got a job to do. There's a time and place to have your legs shake. There's a time and place to deal with it. And at least mentally, that's what you're thinking for me. And I just didn't deal with it very well afterwards, like I should have. And I wish those resources, and there's so many of them out there, I wish those were available to help guys like you and I when you experience that and you don't know what the hell to do with it. Like you just keep piling it on and piling it on. And pretty soon it becomes, um, I thought it just becomes a consistent injury that you have to deal with. And so, yeah, the podcast was doing great. You know, we really kind of shifted. So our social presence, getting back to the 
original question. Social presence is really going really well on TikTok and a few other things. We post these clips. Yes, there's a direct connection to the business and it is one, you know, the, the coffee company sponsors the podcast and we do that. We have a good time. I'm just doing what I love. I had a hobby and out of that, I created a passion where I can give back. And so some of the sales that we do through a couple lines of our coffee, we give back to cop a variety of ways, whether it's gift certificates or we give, we donate coffee kind of similar to that large corporation you were talking about earlier that we won't name, but um, <laughs> we do what the big boys do for vets. I want to do for cops. I want to give something back to the cops. And so we're doing it on a small scale, but we're, we've been pretty successful. What is your business mission statement? Our mission statement is no sugar, no cream needed on that side. Provide really good coffee for those that serve, for anyone that works their butt off. I try to say if you serve in a uniform, if you're blue collar, you're out there working, you're kicking butt, you deserve a good coffee and you shouldn't have to drink cheap stuff. If you choose to, that's cool, but there's a big difference. The ribeye versus the filet, you know, it's going to be a completely different experience. Full disclosure, I've never had a cup of coffee in my life. I worked midnights for six years and <laughs> I would do one of two things. I would either find a place on my meal to just like kind of chill for a little bit, or I would try and like do some push-ups and like, you know, exercise a little bit. Like I'd get out of the car in the middle of winter and just be banging out push-ups. <laughs> I've heard about this phenomenon and it's, there's like five of you in the world that don't drink coffee <laughs> that are in pristine shape. <laughs> so I'm glad I got to meet one. That's awesome. We do tea as well. So if you're a tea drinker, herbal teas, that's my new hook. Lately, as I've gotten older and the stomach starts to not want to cooperate with everything you're eating and herbal teas help you sleep. I've been doing a lot of that too. So we've been diving into that and we've had a lot of success with that as well. So while yes, we are primarily coffee this last year, We've added 20, 25 tea lines to our mix. We have some of our own. And then we also partner with a local Tucson tea company that's well-known throughout the country to provide good tea as well. What's the business website? Filthypirate.coffee. Filthypirate.coffee. Yep. www.filthypirate.coffee. Not .com, .coffee. So again, I'm all about doing things different and... um, that's our website. You can find us on Instagram. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, obviously TikTok, pretty much all the big platforms. Yeah. What kind of content do you guys post on TikTok? I got to check it out because I haven't seen it yet. Honestly, just the video clips of these podcasts. I'll take a short segment of it. I wasn't even doing that until recently. And it kind of really, I mean, you compare all of the activity that blew up. Honestly, again, I feel like I'm in over my head. I don't know what the hell I'm doing on TikTok. It seems like a teenagers game now i don't know so i'm so whole nother, it's a whole nother it world. is it is world. but you know what we hired a content creator who's going to help me uh, so i was smart enough to know at this point in the game hire someone that knows what they're doing and stop trying to you know do it yourself but yeah so how many episodes of the podcast have you guys published i think we have right now 21 episodes published so every other Friday, we published one with a guest. And then we started doing one in between Fridays where it's kind of like a roll call where we just, my me and my co-host talk about different things. This one that comes out this Friday is a roll call. And we just kind of highlight who the next coming guests are and what the next shows are. We talk a little bit about, uh, he had to talk some smack about the Michigan Ohio game because he's a Michigan fan. He's from Michigan. I'm from Ohio. So I had to sit there and take it because I was like, yeah, I don't, 
even have an answer for that one. That that game was crazy. So yeah, we just kind of try to keep it level. You know, sometimes cops don't want to hear things. There's this small group of cops that are like, I'm fine. And that's cool. Maybe you are, but there are others that are not. And I think we need to respect their place in the game and try to help them along as brothers and sisters. And so it's interesting navigating that world of haters and lovers on their podcast. And it's just, I haven't had that experience yet. So I'm starting to, and there are a few people are really easy with spouting whatever comes out of their mouth. And I think maybe there's something to learn, you know, from all of that. Like, so man. you've gotten big enough to start getting some hate. Is what yeah, you're I've basically got, saying? I've got some heat. I've got some stuff where I was like, Ooh, yeah. You can't say that, dude. <laughs> That's just, you know, not appropriate or whoever you are. You know, obviously their profile name is some kind of secretive type thing because, <laughs> you know, they're just that you don't give them any value, but I also don't let them have any platform either. You don't come on there and just say all cops should be killed and all that other stuff, like a little extreme, you know, but yeah, I love Gary V when he says mm-hmm. people's opinions online, it's like a gnat in the air. It's like, why should you care about that gnat? You know? Yeah. You don't know them personally. Yeah, I've had to learn that the hard way. I've had a few people, you know, obviously we're pro-Second Amendment, we're veteran-owned, we're law enforcement friendly, we're first responder friendly. So we attract that crowd a lot more than we attract the folks that are against that or don't like that. And I don't have any problem saying if you want to engage in a good conversation back and forth, I'm all for it. If you're going to just sit here and trash one side or the other, get out of my store, get out of my podcast. It doesn't help anybody, right? Right. It doesn't help anyone. It doesn't create dialogue. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's things that cops can improve on. There's things that society can improve on, but we don't get there by just pointing a finger and blaming each other and saying it's this or that or whatever, you know, or to the extreme of all X, Y, Z should be killed or whatever. And, you know, it's just, that's stupid. And I can't even believe we're even having that conversation as much as we are in this country at this stage of the game of where we're at. And it's just beyond me, but I'm an optimist. And I believe that the pendulum always swings back and forth and it will swing back towards sanity I don't get very political. It's not my thing. You know, I like to talk about what people are doing in their side hustle and in post retirement and, you know, like what direction they're Mm -hmm. moving towards. I like looking towards the sun and looking towards the positive direction. So uh, I really love everything that you're doing. I love what you represent. You have any crazy or funny stories? I never ever want to talk about your worst moments. I always want to talk about the funny stuff and the, all the crazy stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's start with how the name came about because I get that all the time. So the name kind of originates from a SWAT call that we were doing where this guy was robbing banks with a note telling the bank tellers, give me all the money. There's a bomb in my backpack or else, you know, that kind of thing, which if you're a cop, you know, most of those are probably not legit, but you never know. And so anyway, he had done a bunch of banks, detectives did some awesome work, figured out who he was. Surveillance did some awesome work, figured out where he was. Of course, he was shacked up with your local less savory drug using folks that were, you know, every town has them, the hotel where all those types of individuals go. So they had him pinned down in a room and it was like a T-shaped hotel with a breezeway. And he was on one side and we had two teams, takedown teams on both sides. And 
surveillance says he's coming right towards you. He's walking down the breezeway. We were stacked up and all the brilliant SWAT people were talking about, well, you know, if he's got explosives and we got overpressure in this breezeway and we got this and what if we canine and, you know, and all this other stuff. And I just goes like, you know what? Sometimes, man, you just got to do it. And I'm the team leader, which I shouldn't have done this anyway, because you're supposed to be leading and directing. So I just lined up to his blind side. So as he walked in front of me, I laid a linebacker hit on him and we went through a glass window into the hotel room and I didn't expect the window to be there. And he was freaked out. Of course, he had the bait money in his hand and it was, couldn't have been any more classic, right? And people in the room screaming and all this stuff. And afterwards, my team was like, holy shit, Sarge, that was the most epic pirate shit we've ever seen were your filthy band of uh, pirates and i was like wow that kind of stuck and one guy named me the danimal he's like dude that was full danimal i was like that was crazy and so when we were creating the coffee company a couple years later i wanted to be true authentic to who i am as a person have a story i wanted to be different who does that right who does that in modern swat days just linebacker tackle some guy with a bomb and we wanted to be a little different and kind of uh, cool with it. And so that's where the name came from. And great um, story. Yeah. That was one of my favorable moments and um, notable work was we arrested a guy who sold us a gun used in a murder. And we were able to solve an unsolved murder when I was working undercover and we were able to give family some justice. The case went unsolved until we bought the gun and the guy actually confessed to us unknowingly and, or actually arrest several people involved. It was a home invasion drug rip and the guy was murdered at the doorway and we were able to do that. So that's one case I'm very proud of that we were able to give some satisfaction to a family and take some real bad dudes off the street. So those two cases kind of stick out in my mind. You have a little bit of a biker look going right now. If you threw on a leather jacket or like, you know, one with the sleeves cut off, I would totally believe that you were a rider. Do you ride bikes? I haven't in a long time. And my wife's completely against it. Yeah. And I said it, fellas, <laughs> you know, I listened to the missus. She's kept me alive at this stage in the game, but I'll tell you what, I'll send you a picture of when I was doing UC work and I looked like a full on Aryan brotherhood tweaker. It was bad, man. My wife hated it. And I actually, the cops that I didn't know, I freaked them out a few times and it was pretty intense. Some of the stuff that we were doing. It's one of my career regrets that I never got to go undercover. I did small things. I never got to like work in a unit where I was undercover. That was like one of my dreams. One of my assignments that I loved, and it changed when we got a new chief in 2016. And this is when we did, we bought the murder weapon. We were doing some kick-ass work. We were buying guns and dope. I mean, pounds. We got the ATF and, you know, and other alphabet boys on board with us that were helping us. We were doing some crazy cool work. And those cases are so fun because they spin up into T3s and all kinds of other things and just really challenging cases. But there's a moment where you're sitting in the house with a bunch of people whacked out blast on the meth pipe. And you're like, oh man, how do I get out of this? <laughs> you know, how do I get into this and how do I get out of this? You know? And so very challenging, fun work. I wish I would have done it longer. I only did it a few different things, plain clothes, but the undercover thing, I only did about 18 months before they shifted us to human trafficking. That's a whole nother episode I could give you on that one. That one's crazy. The John Stings and the uh, escort deals and stuff. This is when Backpage was at its at its peak. And um, we had a grant and we were rocking that. That was pretty interesting. Pretty sad when you recover a 13-year-old girl who's being pimped out. And um, Oh, my God. There's crazy, crazy stories, though, and that stuff, too, as well. 
I work closely with the human trafficking there in, they're just downstairs from my office. And before that, I was in special victims. So I've heard my share of sad stories yeah. myself. What are you most passionate about now? Being a dad. I felt like 20 plus years I missed out. I would try to be there as much as I can as any police officer, parent, or first responder parent. You try to be there as much as you can. Shift work, call out, all that stuff plays a role. And I was very busy. And we were single income family. So anybody that knows that when you're a first responder knows the, that person who's bringing home that money is out hustling over time and off duty you, and all that stuff. When they call for overtime, you, you got to take go. it. Yeah, you got to go. I tried to line myself up. So when the overtime calls came, it was at least something I like to do. You see work squat and stuff like that. So right now I got a teenage daughter that is learning how to drive and trying to get her through high school. And she wants to join the air force. My son is putting on the final touches of boot camp at Camp Pendleton for the U S Marine Corps. He's going through the crucible right now. So I'm very proud of him that actually started last night and he's got 54 hours until he becomes a U.S. Marine. And I'm proud of this kid. He passed up on probably half a dozen full scholarship football rides and he would have had more, but he didn't want to go to school. He wanted to do service. And that's like, God bless you, kid. Let's go for it. And Congratulations. Yeah, Congratulations. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What's his frame like? You got pretty big shoulders. So you know, what's your son's measurements? He's like 6'3", maybe 190 before he left Ooh. camp. I'm like 5'10", 260. On a, I'm a pretty short, fat guy. But this kid is nothing like me. He's calm, cool. He's like surfer boy. I'm a complete spaz, as you have already heard, you know, and he's going to be a 10 times better Marine than I ever was. And he'll be a great leader. He's already a squad leader in boot camp. So, you know, anytime you do those types of settings, anybody that's in a leadership role is put under the gun. And so he's going to do well. He's a good kid. He didn't take any ROTC type schooling. In fact, we never talked about military. I didn't think he wanted to do military until I said, Hey bud, you're struggling with school. You know, you just don't see much. COVID was a big factor. It was this junior and senior year when COVID hit. And what do you want to do? Do you want to do trade school? What you, is there something else? I felt worried that he was just going through the motions and he was. And so he said, military, you think I could do that? And I'm like, yeah, I just never heard you mention it. And I tried to do that. <laughs> don't be a Marine like me. Go to the Air Force, you know, have this great life. Next thing I know, he's at the Marine recruiter's office. And so he comes home and he's like, yeah, I joined infantry. And I'm like, oh, not that that's a bad thing because I was infantry. I was just like, you know, but then as time goes on, I realized that's the best place for him. That's where he thrives. He's been a lifelong football kid. He knows nothing but being on the field with the team. And so being in the dirt with the fellas and the gang doing whatever the country asked him to do, like, that's right where he belongs. And so he'll do really well at it. Yeah, I'm sure out of all of your accomplishments, being a dad is like probably number one, you know? It is the hardest, I think. Crazy to think that even gun battles don't even come close to trying to have those very interesting conversations with your children about life things. And I'm like, I don't have an answer for this. I don't know what to do with this. I know I know what to do with a room full of gang members that you're trying to arrest and you got to deal with them, but I don't know what to do with this all the time. And so, yeah, but when you get it and you realize your kids are good kids and they're learning and you, you know, as a dad too, a parent, you know, the biggest thing I had to learn is let them learn it, give them some space to just be there for them when they have questions. And you know, as they get older, they're both adults close to it now. So what's your uh, biggest challenge with all you have going on right now? Time management. 
really balance. We're doing well enough as a business that it consumes a lot of my time to keep it going. And as you know, a podcast is not, it's a separate job. Like it's a, it's a full-time job too. If you want to run a decent podcast, I'm not even saying a great one. I'm just saying a decent one. That is a full-time job. And the more you put into it, the more it goes. The same with coffee and then also balancing time with home and making sure the so retirement was the best thing for me to get that off my plate and move on and find a happy place. And so time management. Yeah. And trying to figure out what the hell we're doing as a country, you know what I mean? Not to get back on that. And also like you stay towards the light. I call it my plate of toxicity, whatever's toxic on that plate, man, just start getting it off there and only put the good stuff on there. And that's what I try to do. So that's the challenge as well. I think I got a guy on my Instagram who sends me every negative story he sees that makes you want to like shake your head and say, what are they thinking? And I'm like, dude, don't send me these stories. I'm like, I know there are things that need to be fixed. I'm like, it's not where my focus is. Mm -hmm. I'm focusing on solutions and what we can do as a group. And my solution for burnout is helping people and, and giving people a place to tell their story and tell the funny stories and figure out what they can do next, what kind of business they can go into next. What comes after retirement? You know, like what's your identity going to be? What's your story going to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the best thing that I did, because I got caught up in that too, negative this, this cop's getting indicted for this and this and this and this. And then I was like, you know what? Get rid of all of that off my plate. And I'm just going to focus on, hey, have you heard about this cool guy, David? He runs this podcast. Good dude, runs great stuff. Check him out and try to do things like that. Because oh, it, by the way, I got to get your partner on your other half of your yeah. Your podcast. Is he also your partner in the coffee business or just on the podcast? Just on the podcast. We met, he heard about our coffee. So he came in, you could see cops that have been through a lot and he was close to retirement. And so we had this great conversation and, and I said, Hey man, do you want to help me do this podcast? And he would be a great one for you because he's had an interesting experience with medical retirement for his situation. Like me, he's been involved in a lot. He was a homicide detective. Great guy. No, I definitely, Kurt. Kurt. I, yeah. I definitely want to talk to Kurt. I definitely yeah. want to hear his story and see what he's all about. I definitely want to talk to him. So Yeah. As soon as we change the podcast to like, I'm only going to provide good stuff that means something to you as another person, as another cop, completely changed. So if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast or any other one and you're just spiraling in that constant negativity, man, get out of there and go find something positive to do for someone else. I truly believe that you're on the right path of having a healthy life if you keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much. If you could have your own Netflix special, it would probably be some kind of documentary about your business. I'm guessing, or or maybe not. What would your special be about? Man, this is like a combo of, in some realms, shameless, like narcos. I don't know, you know, any kind of a business <laughs> twist. So the coffee product is so unique compared to most coffee out there. And then what we do as a business is so unique. Not many businesses have guns on t-shirts and you know we're a little edgy with our stuff and so you come in our shop right away you know exactly what we're about and what we're you know so yeah and we have these crazy stories right i get cops in there every day and we chat over coffee and what i try to do is let them vent i'm not feed into it but let them vent and then try to give them hey man keep your head up you know and all those positive affirmations that kind of help them out 
So you get these crazy stories in there. You get retired cops or you get these veterans. They've got a jump school not too far from here where all the tier one guys go to jump. And so those guys come through and guys and gals and they're real interesting people. Like, you know, right away, like they've done some crazy stuff in their careers and you get to hear a little bit about it. And, stuff. and they're, so, all, they're all alpha personalities too. Oh yeah. Yeah. But they're all, they're, you know, what's cool is they're all, I don't know how you describe it, humble, but yet ego. You know what I mean? They have this ego, this underlying ego that has to be fed with adrenaline, but they're also very humble. A lot of them, you look at them and you're like, you'd never know it. That guy has seven, eight deployments to Afghanistan, combat jumps, trains the best of the best in the world. Um, and he's wearing t-shirt flip-flops and a regular Loha shirt or something, you know, just kind of sipping coffee, like it just another day, great people. So yeah, if you could film a reality show out of the store, it's kind of what much different than any other coffee cafe or anything like that. You just gave me an idea that if you had like a videographer, maybe pay someone to come and film for like a month, get like, you know, like a month's worth of material, have some backroom interviews about people like your customers. I think that would be like a big marketing. I don't know. Maybe you had the idea already, but we have something going similar, something that's going to be kind of a spinoff of something you see on TV that, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 And we're probably going to go more, a little more down that line. You're going to like what, what we have cooking. We've put a lot of work into it to take it to that next level to explain to you why you know, we're different than every other coffee place. And I kind of have fun with it, man. You know, if you can't have fun with it, I mean, that's what made other black rifle coffee, you know, those types of companies made them fantastic was they just their mission and they just have fun with it, man. They have this commercial that I saw on YouTube about two months, maybe a month ago or something like that. It was the funniest commercial I'd ever seen. You've probably seen it too. Well, is it probably the one I operate, bitch, or whatever it is? I, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> I don't. I don't remember. But I watched it, and it was like a little miniature movie. It was amazing. It was yeah. short. It was like maybe three to five minutes long. Yeah. But it was a, basically a commercial for their business. But it was so funny that it kept me engaged. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we do with our stuff. Again, love those guys. Great mission. Our coffee's better, hands down because we specialize in low acid and our mission is towards the brothers and sisters in blue. And so that's where we function. And you're going to see some cool stuff coming out in next year for us. If you go to our Instagram, you can already see the change in our photography and what we've done with our stuff. And very soon you'll probably see what we're going to do with the videos, especially you have a presence on YouTube right now or no. We do. And I'll be honest with you, it's just a little bit of the podcast stuff, but wait until you see what's coming. Yeah, it's going to be really good. And YouTube and TikTok is where we're going to really highlight the video stuff that we're going to do. This um, person that we hired just recently has got some really good ideas and has been working on it for a couple months to get this stuff out. So it's going to be pretty cool. I'm glad I was able to connect with you and get you on the show now before all of this stuff blows up. Yeah. And then I got to go through your assistant <laughs> <laughs> to schedule a time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you just told me what's the next project? Like, what's the next level for the company? So, you know, one of the things that I want to do is we're going to expand more into business to business next year. We just got in with some cafe stuff supplying coffee to local cafes. We're going to do a bunch of that. We're also going to do some retail stuff where we supply our coffee in other retail stores. Probably not the big box stores. I don't want to do that. It's just, it consumes too much of your life and there's too many things that can go wrong for us. That's, I don't want to do that. So we'll probably stick with the local 
you know, places. You know, we're kind of looking at maybe doing some of the cafe stuff where maybe a mobile truck, because we can wrap some pretty cool decal logo stuff. You can see it on our website. Just our branding is is really cool. So we might do a mobile cafe truck um, kind of thing, or at least entertain that idea down the road and probably expand into a bigger production facility, a little bit more automated machinery and a few other things to help kind of keep up with the pace and those types of things, hire more people. That's my goal is get back right now. We currently, one of the things I'm real proud of, and we don't put it out there and we don't talk about who the person is, but we help a young man who has some disabilities. And obviously it's real important to kind of give you a backstory. My oldest son who's 20 has autism and he was able to do a transitional work program with another local restaurant here where they allow him to come and do minimal amounts of jobs that he can do knowing his situation. So it works very well. So we are very happy and thankful for that. That was before we opened our store. So once we opened our store, I always told my wife one, and we agreed that one day we were going to do the same for somebody else. And so this year, just starting of about a month or two ago, we were able to actually do that. So on Saturdays, we have a young man come in and my wife and I work with him to give him an experience where he can feel like he's part of something and he has a job. He actually calls it his job. To him, it's a big deal. To you and I, it's just a couple hours that he spends with us, but to him, it's a big deal. And so we're thankful to do that. So I'd like to do more of that down the road. If it fits and it's safe and it's productive for everyone, I'd like to do a lot more of that as well. That's incredible. Last question about the business. Who came up with your branding? Like, Did you hire someone out or was that all you? Yeah. So both. There was uh, our original designer is gone. And from a business standpoint, I can give you a ton of stuff that I've made mistakes on later on, but he's extremely creative. I said, this is what I want. And I want to be this. I want edgy. And so we went back and forth and he came up with the original logo design and I, all right, cool. I love it. Kept it, trademarked it, all of that stuff. And then since then, I've taken over and learned. I taught myself how to do graphic design, bought the software, bought all the stuff. I'm not as great as he was, but I'm learning and I was able to sustain it so that we could kind of keep our branding and our look going until I find the right person again that fits what we're doing. You touched on it. So we might as well go into it now. Sure. Top three business mistakes that you would tell someone, hey, you know, I made this mistake. Don't make this mistake. (laughs) I'm trying to think of the categories because I got several that would be up there. Whatever comes to mind. Yeah. So number one, I say this and I've said this on other podcasts, as soon as you can afford it, fire yourself and hire the pro and start with your money. The best decision I ever made, because I was trying to do it early on, this would be mistake number one. I was trying to do my own financial books, knowledge on that, no experience. I did okay. I did enough to keep me out of jail with the tax man and stuff like that. But Once I hired a bookkeeper, tax guy that was can look at everything every month and tell me the goods, the bads, where we need to be, where we should be, that was absolutely money well spent. So fire yourself when it comes to the things that are going to end you up in jail or broke. (laughs) And so the next advice is don't fall for, and I don't want this to be a dig on all those doing marketing. There's a lot of great companies out there, but there's also a lot that just take you for a ride and it's very expensive. And I've gotten taken a couple times because I just thought they were good and they weren't so good. They actually, one company, this last one that I decided I will never hire another marketing company at this point, I will hire someone that is in-house with me, but I will never hire a company to do it. 
Well, they actually made our business worse over four months. I don't even know how you do that, but it cost us several thousand dollars to employ them and they made it worse. So do your due diligence, make sure you find good referrals, start small. If you're a small business, start small with the marketing stuff. Don't jump right into their big full, full on package. That would be mistake number two is to make sure to stay away from that. And then I would say, lastly, your branding, whether you're in the service industry, the retail industry, podcasting, whatever it is, branding and your image is absolutely critical of who you are, your reputation, everything. And so make sure you hire the right person to make, create that persona, that company image for you, whether it's through photography, videography, whether it's on your social media, all of that stuff, make sure that you got the right people doing that. Or if it's you take your time, slow down, do some research, figure out which platform serves you best. And because I've been around this for four years, three, four years now, and here I am figuring out TikTok and LinkedIn are probably my most successful platforms at this point. So it takes time to Really good advice. I'm going to hit you with my last five questions and then I'm going to respect your time. I really appreciate you. What's your definition of a hero? Because you've been in uh, a lot of different services and you've seen a lot of different sides of things. Man, so hero. I don't know. If you ask anybody that's ever really done some heroic stuff from an outside perspective, they always say, I'm not a hero. I was the person just doing my job and the people that were there that never came home, heroes, right? So those that paid the ultimate sacrifice, hero in my book, because they never got a chance to tell their story. They did their job and that was that. Single moms, what a mother has to do with kids, and whether it's single or at home. I mean, geez, I mean, you really think about what has to happen just amazing. Like I've always been like, they just don't get enough credit period. Is it the same as, you know, dying in combat? And I'm not trying to classify it the same, but man, they sure are some hero moms that are out there taking care of their kids, single dads too. I mean, it's really not a gender thing. It's just those folks that are trying to raise a child correctly and have no help, you know, or very little help. Those folks, coaches, They played a huge part in my life. And I think coaching is a lost art these days, in my opinion. It's just become more about the sport, more about getting my kid into D1 scholarships, less about teaching a young man or woman how to be a decent human being. So coaches, I think, are real, real important heroes. But ultimately, the ones that, whether here or abroad, that paid the ultimate sacrifice, those are the heroes to me. They just didn't get a chance to come home and tell us. Sacrifice and service. Those are the two words that come to mind for me. Mm -hmm. When stress is at its highest and you're starting to feel kind of low, how do you save yourself? Stop. How do you show yourself love? Stop. Take a minute. And whatever your thing is, mine is water in the yard with a cigar. Sounds kind of crazy, but just take that 10 minutes, 15 minutes. Cigar is about an hour. So a little greedy, but take that little bit of time for yourself and just literally stop where you're at. No matter what is going on, if you can take a few minutes. If you're on duty, when you've hit that max and that red line is pinging, tell your boss, I need 10 minutes, man. Just give me a few minutes because the next action that you take, if you don't do that, could ultimately be the last of your career. It could, and it didn't mean to, it didn't, shouldn't have happened. And you and I probably have seen that. So take a few minutes for yourself and uh, just take a breath. And when stress is hitting like that and fitness, Fitness is important. We are now in law enforcement where we haven't for a long time really kind of 
put the dots together where fitness is huge. I've been on both spectrums, really good shape and really terrible shape. And so I can tell you from that angle, fitness is a key thing for managing stress, managing good health. Huge, 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 huge. That's the number one thing that I tell people is like, get yourself into something physical, whatever that is for you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a hundred K, you know, marathon. You don't have to be some crazy CrossFitter. Just find some time for you to get the heart rate up and stay strong. Would you ever consider offering some kind of uh, business mentorship for other law enforcement that, you know, want to follow your pay? Maybe they don't want to do exactly the same business as you, but obviously you're uh, pretty far into this game, six to four years, you know, four years full-time doing it. I think you have a lot to offer there. Yeah, I would. And actually I've contemplated that recently as to, again, I want to give back Obviously, I've made a ton of mistakes and learned a lot of good lessons, and I want to share that with folks. I want to see them successful. Uh, I work with other businesses that are growing beside me, and they're helping like the people that do my shirts for apparel and stuff like that. I want to see them grow, and I want to help them out. So yeah, absolutely. I'm going to enjoy watching your growth as you release more and more stuff. I'm going to enjoy watching. We've got some journey. good stuff coming, yeah. What's your power? What's your greatest strength today? My greatest strength today is just my dedication, my willingness to, and then people will say this if they know me for any length of time, like a pit bull, when I latch on, I latch on. And it's also my greatest weakness. I don't know when to slow down. I don't know when to not be a bull in a China shop, take it nice, even it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, and those types of things. And I'm learning that now with business, you have to. Um, so I'm learning that. So my greatest strength is on my willingness to do all those things that if you want a successful business, you got to be up at 4 a.m. and you got to work till 9 p.m. And you got to figure it out. And at some point you can't sustain that, but you have to do that in the beginning. And that's my greatest strength. I actually do that without even thinking about it where other people have to muster up the energy. I just do that. And my flexibility. I'm okay with taking a punch in the face you know, wipe the blood off and figuring out how to not get punched in the face again. And so those are my two biggest traits that I think make me good at what I'm doing or good at learning how to do this right. And I hang on to those pretty hardcore. My last question for you, and thank you so much, Dan. If you had a comic superpower, what would it be? Oh, man. And why? Yeah. You know, dude, right now, especially the last few years, I would have like that bubble shield where people can't walk into it. You know what I mean? Like be able to turn that on when that negative dude is spinning up a story and wants to come tell you, you know, all this stuff, put that bubble up. (laughs) Not today, bro. (laughs) You're messing up my vibes. Like, you know, remember in the Incredibles where that the girl protects her brother with the bubble over there. Yeah. Yeah. And you could also use it, obviously, if if it got dangerous. So I'd use the bubble. Also the Fantastic Four. So that just goes to your heart as a protector. Yeah. Yeah, as, absolutely. As a, as a father, you know, as a father, <laughs> shield it, others. Yep. Shield others, you protector. That's what that says to me. I respect you so much, Dan, and I appreciate you. you coming on the show. I definitely want to have Kurt on, and I'm going to stay in touch with you guys. And I appreciate you. Thank yeah, you so thank much. You. Thank you. And be safe out there. I think you're, I'm assuming you're still doing the job. And uh, yeah, hopefully one more year. That's okay. the plan. Man, retirement is good life, dude. I'm telling you, scary when you go from that consistent balance. But, and for those listening, I'm not retired. I work more now than I did when I was a cop and I worked a lot as a cop, but 
it's just different. Like I don't owe anybody anything. I don't answer to anyone other than my wife and you know kids, but it's good. So God bless you, dude. I hope you stay safe out there. And I hope that the world's treating you right and make it one more year and, and then take off on what you love doing. Thank you so much, brother. I want to do this full time, just have great conversations with people. One last time, if you could just tell the audience where they can find all of your stuff. Your main website is www.filthypirate.coffee. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook under Filthy Pirate Coffee. I think Twitter, we're on, it's like FP Coffee or something like that. We don't use that one very much. I'm on LinkedIn under Dan Spencer, and you can find uh, also Filthy Pirate Coffee has a page on LinkedIn. TikTok, it's Filthy Pirate Coffee as well. We should pop up if you Google us and um, be able to connect. Our podcast is Talking Filthy Police Podcast. Again, uh, mainly we're just trying to get the word out about all these great programs and, and cops doing amazing stuff and books and our, you know and organizations. And so you can find all that there as well. Thank you very much, brother. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. <laughs> Keep up the great work, man. Thank you. You too. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. All right. All right, family. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Everyone I interview, I've chosen for you guys because of their story. And I hope that you get some value every single time. If you did get value or just just simply enjoyed the episode, please share the episode with someone that you know. If you know of a guest, a frontline hero that has an amazing story, something uplifting or a positive message, hit me up in the contact form of www.davidleith.com or DM me at Instagram at davidleith, the number one. Subscribe to the show because I have some really phenomenal guests coming up in the next few weeks that you definitely don't want to miss. All right, one.